I've known Ines, alias Ines Alfa, for years, so this conversation was especially fun to record. Her otherworldly 3D makeup has inspired a lot of people to question and broaden their interpretation of beauty and experiment with self-expression in a totally new way. I hope you enjoy hearing Ines explain how she's gotten to where she's going. Here's the interview. Okay. So my name is Ines Marzat. That's my real name. Ines Alpha is my artist name. I'm 34 years old. I live in Paris and I'm a digital artist. Also, I, uh, what I like to call myself a 3D makeup artist because I do makeup, but in three dimensions. Ines hasn't always considered herself an artist or even really that creative, which might be a bit surprising to hear. Ines is colorful, as in literally she wears a lot of color. She's very easy to spot in a crowd but also colorful in the range of cultural and aesthetic inspiration she infuses into her work and life. The more alien the output, the better. She relies on a mix of 3D and related softwares to create her fantastical aesthetic. I went to an applied school, and I've learned a little bit of 3D there. But back in the days, the 3D software were like super scary, and like really, um, the design was was bad. It wasn't like the user interface wasn't cool. You didn't understand anything. So I was like, oh no, I don't. And back then, I didn't know any artists using 3D software to make cool stuff. 3D software for, for me at that time, when I was 19, 20 years old, um, it was to make like architecture or yeah, engineering stuff, designing objects and st- stuff like this, or making big movies. Yeah. And I didn't want to be that person behind the computer all the night doing very intric- intricate stuff. And I was like, oh no, I, I can't be that person. I'm not like patient enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <clears throat> later on, there were... Uh, all these, um, all the 3D software, they, they um, evolved. And Cinema 4D, the, which is the software they use, um, it became like a, a good 3D software when you begin with 3D. And it, it's really a software for art directors because you, can't, you can easily achieve animation or make shapes with tools. Their tools are really like you can very quickly make stuff which is crazy. Before turning her artistic practice into her full-time gig, Ines worked as an art director in the advertising industry. She worked on a lot of beauty campaigns, which has meant getting to know the strict beauty standards that dictate the industry from the inside out, a foundation that would come in handy in her work as an artist. And we'll come back to that, but it was around this time that she met French music producer Pantero 666, with whom she'd go on to collaborate pretty extensively. So I've started doing 3D uh, when I met, not exactly when I met, so I met Pantero 666, um, who is a uh, music producer. He mostly do techno music or house music, and when we met, he needed someone to help him with visuals, and as I was... I mean, I'm still an art director. I help him with like animation, after effect thing. I even made um, made for him a little like flash website where you yeah, you click on different images that are like gifs, and it triggers um, a sound effect. 
and, and then the sound effect looks and you can like turn the sounds on and off so you have all the parts of the music all together and it, it was it I think it's not online anymore but it was a very fun project to do made with flash like it's, it's, it's old <coughs> and um uh, and then we started making um, video clips together. Uh, um, the first one we made together was Baby F- F16, and it was my first steps into integrating 3D in a video. So my first steps in augmented reality. Uh, even though it's not real-time augmented reality, um, for me it was... It's still it's still augmenting reality because you add 3D elements in the real world to make it more fantastic or magic, and uh, that's I've always uh, liked to do. Also because it's a time saver because rendering a full 3D image is super long, but if you render just a small part of it, it's um, it's yeah it's time saving. That's not the, like the, the the purpose. That's not why I wanted to do uh, augmented reality but that's also time saving because you don't have to render the whole landscape it's a little bonus yeah it's a bonus uh so yeah i started doing that and at that time it was the you know the c-punk trend uh and it was also a visual trend and there were like all this 3D artists making visual with uh, um, antique columns and uh, sculpture busts and palm trees, you know. Uh, And also it was like the start of 3D software being more accessible to everyone. And you had all those um, free 3D objects on TurboSquid and everything. So when you didn't know how to make 3D, you could just pick random 3D objects add the shaders, the materials you wanted in your uh, 3D software and you wow, I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> so I started like this with cyborgs and a uh, very sci-fi-ish universe. Um, uh, I'm, and I, I, I did a couple of video clips with the Panteras uh, as well. And then I was um, looking at searching for my way of expressing myself like what's my art I don't know I'm just like experimenting with 3d but I don't know what's my style what 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 do I want to say to the world because I want I mean I've always wanted to be an artist and at the same times I couldn't feel I was capable of being an artist and when you're an artist you're not sure you're gonna earn a living with it and I needed to earn a living so that's why I went to a, a management uh, school of fashion uh, because I was like ah I want to. I want to work in a creative in the creative field, but I'm not an artist and I'm not a creative person. Uh, it's too difficult. I'm not confident enough. I'm not capable of doing that. You're, I, you're I have not no idea. A no. Yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm. A, I'm, I'm a little bit. Uh, but uh, at that time, I really wasn't confident enough. I was really, 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 really lost. Um, so after that management school, I decided to do an internship in an advertising company. Uh, because I was like, okay, I can be a creative person, but not very creative because it's advertising. I'm still like a slave, like give me orders. I will do what you want. But still, I will try to give you some good ideas, but you won't listen. But it's not personal. <laughs> if you don't listen to me, that's okay. I, I won't take it too personally. And you can earn quite a good living. And um, little by little and doing all that stuff with uh, Panteros, I uh, earned more confidence with age and 
also experimenting because you you start creating stuff and then you get compliments from others and you you see that people are interested in what you do so you're like oh maybe what i do is not not that bad okay interesting so yeah one day i remember we were at my parents um with victor in in, in close to the chimney it was winter and it was like Hmm, we're thinking and I had all those images of beauty photographers from work that I love and I was like what if I I add 3d elements on faces and then it's makeup but in 3d and it's like 3d makeup and then I just like added 3d on the faces of models that I had on my computer from beauty photographers uh, pictures and I, and I posted that on Instagram and I was like, oh, that that's cool. I, I like it. I'm going to do more. And I did more and people seemed to like it. And then I got more skills. So I did videos and people seemed to like it even more. So I was like, okay, that's <laughs> pretty interesting. If you've spent any amount of time on Snapchat or Instagram, chances are you've come across Ines's work at some point. Actually, she was making 3D makeup before face filters were a thing. She borrowed from the pipeline she'd developed while collaborating with Pantera 666, using a mix of Cinema 4D and After Effects to render out her strange shapes and textures, which Ines would then fix onto her face using hand-drawn tracking points and some clever post-production. After doing a couple of looks on herself, people started sending her videos of their own faces and she would apply her makeup to them. But the dream has always been for people to put it on themselves and interpret her makeup in their own way. It's made, literally made for everyone to wear and it's like democratizing something very new. And that's um, when, when all those software were out because I didn't know how to code and because I didn't know how to... Um, yeah, democratize my work because I, when I started doing 3D makeup, um, I was uh, there was already a lot of augmented reality. Uh, you, you must know uh, Jeremy Bailey, the artist, and he was doing a lot of crazy stuff with augmented reality before, way before uh, Snapchat's filter. Um, so I was like, I need to do that in augmented reality because that's the only way people are going to wear my creation. And what is makeup if no one is can wear it then it's just like a video and no i want people i want to have like a makeup collection or something i want that to be real i I want that to be like some something that people can wear um and when there were all those software uh out like lens studio and sparky i was like oh i really need to to learn that software because that's the that's I didn't know what was the purpose of my work if I if people couldn't apply my, my, my creation, if it just had to stay on the video and on the photo, even though I like the uh, high-definition uh, render of, um, of a video or photo that you do with a uh, post-production workflow with After Effects and, and stuff. But it for me, couldn't stay just like this um, because I my, my purpose was to... Uh, and my purpose is still to push further the boundaries of beauty and makeup. So I can't do that without the people trying it and uh, use it in a more personal way. Sometimes people, they try my filter and I can never expect how they will use it. 
it's always very different. So it's very funny to see how people use them and if they are just like taking another selfie or are they telling a story or they like um, uh, uh, in, in the skin of a, a, a new character or, you know, so um, that's, that's really interesting. For those who haven't discovered her work yet, Ines's 3D makeup offers a lot more than a 3D render of the powders, creams, colors and tints that we've come to expect from IRL makeup. She offers us things like scales, gills, and tendrils to play with. And everything somehow feels very much alive. There are a lot of jiggly bits, wavy bits, and other otherwise unidentifiable alien-looking bits available to us once we step into her universe. I mean, when something exists, it makes sound at some point. Except if you're deaf. (laughs) So that's why if I want to make those 3D makeup uh, real and uh, if I want to make them live they have to make some sound otherwise they're in space so if that want, yeah, I want to bring them in our planet they have to make some sound so um, I, I work a lot with Pantero. I still work with Ponteros I, I like uh, him to make like um, a music background because it's like it gives like a mood and also uh, I, I like to add some sound effects linked to the the animation of the of the 3D makeup or the, the at least i make like an an eye blink sound effect like when you blink it makes like a blop blop so it, it brings the the person in another world and it makes the person more like like a cyborg or a transhuman or yeah android so yeah now that's that's important like sometimes you make an animation and you're like meh and then you add the sound and you're like, what? <laughs> and really, it, it does that really, really often. Over the years, through sheer trial and error, Ines has rallied together a select bunch of creative developers and CGI artists who are excited about her vision and who can help Ines translate her ideas into the many face filters and other brand collaborations she's released. So they're the programmers that helps me help me make filters. And they are the programmers slash 3D designers that'll help me when, for the post-production. Because for most of the um, work collaboration that I did um, this past month uh, with Bimbalola, Dior, uh, H&M, uh, it's big post-production project. And I can't handle that just by myself because it's really hard and it's a, it's a lot of... Uh, it's very machine-consuming and time-consuming and some, some stuff... I don't know how to do it technically, so I have to work with post-production house. And I remember the first time I collaborated with a post-production house um, company was um, when we did the a clear video clip with the Panteros. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you work with 3D designers or coders, and they're just coders, or they're just like designers, like they know the software by heart, but they're not creative. And that didn't work. I'm not, uh, I like the result of the video clip, but they couldn't, they didn't understand our style, our vision. So in the end, because time is running by, and you don't have time, you have to be like quick and you can't make those guys work and work again and again till you have the result you want. So you, you make them work and work again, but then you have to stop. 
and then you get uh, you, it's it's a, it's frustrating to work with someone that got the technical key to make what you have in mind, but they are not in your head and they don't understand what you have in mind. So and you can't do the job technically for them. So that's very frustrating when it happens. So for now, I know um, people that I can trust and I know uh, that understand my style and they like what, what I do, uh, which was not the case in the past with that video clip, I think. Most of the time, the deadlines are really short, unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, you have to have a very precise workflow. So I have my agenda and I know when everything needs to be done and how much days I need to get the three. The, so how many days I need to make the sketches, the concept, the ideas. Then when I have that, how many days do I need for the 3D designer to make the 3D model? And then I will send this 3D model to the filter developer if, if the project is a filter and if it's a video then the production help will handle everything just after the um, my sketches are approved by the client yeah but I, I need to be very uh, precise and uh, precise and, and organized otherwise um, it's impossible to de deliver anything but I have yeah uh, so sometimes like um, I use the software a little like for instance um, when I want to um, to experiment on textures, yeah. either it be for post-production or um, for the filter, because I have my own ways of making my, my textures and I like to experiment. Like um, as I'm doing and I like to make textures that don't exist, I like to play with the software to achieve a, a result that I don't have in mind, really. Like, I have in mind something that I want to try, and then I go in the software and I change the colors a little bit, and I change the, I add a normal map, or I add a, a reflection map that is from an, an image that is that is not an environment image, but I think it it looks cool in the environment channel. So I like to play with that a little bit and then I send the file back to the developer saying oh I like how the textures looks like this so you can you can use those for the final project I'm quite um exigent you have high standards yeah I have my own standards for the render so it's really important that I like the textures or the um, the, the color grading and stuff like that and usually if I do if I make feedbacks to the 3D designer, it will take ages. So I'd rather take the file, experiment, do the thing myself, and then, okay, that's the final render, I'm happy. Otherwise, I will be frustrated. While Ines's standards speak to the aesthetic quality of her work, they also speak to a very inclusive, fluid interpretation of beauty and self-expression, one that positions itself in direct contrast to her home country's historically conservative tastes. Yeah, I, I, I've always been um, not eccentric because still it's France and Paris. But my mother, so my, pa my, my, my parents were fashion designers and my mother has always wear not crazy clothes, but colorful with yes, prints. Yeah. My mother always told me that when she was younger, she used to always wear pink, pink everything. Even her car was pink. 
and I've always dreamed to be that person always in pink. So I think it like yeah, print, printed in, in my brain. France is super conservative in terms of look and that's really a shame that you, every time I go to London, I will, I, the, if I hear comments, it's compliment, usually. It's like people, oh, I love, love your shoes. Paris, never. No, if they love the shoes, they will like be maybe envious or jealous. But usually they're like, ugh, so ugly. And they say that out loud so you can hear it. So they, they, they have, I don't know, they like that you hear that, you're, that, that they, they are making bad jokes of you. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's not. So yeah, that's really frustrating. I wish I could just go outside, wear whatever. Uh, I agree, it comes from that frustration then that in, in Paris you can't go outside thinking, yeah, fuck, fuck everything. I mean, you can, and I, I, do, I try to do that. Sometimes I go outside, I'm wearing a lot of colors and my buffalo shoes and crazy, crazy makeup. Quote, unquote. Yeah, uh, for, for Paris it is crazy, but for like Tokyo, New York or LA it's not at all. And you go out there and then people look at you and they make comments. And I'm always wearing, when I'm walking outside, I always have my, my headphones so I don't hear the comments. But mostly every time I don't wear my headphones, I hear comments. At first, her motivation with 3D makeup was simple, to reimagine makeup and have fun with self-expression. The attention that her work has garnered has since motivated her to take a closer look at why it is that she's so interested in all of this at all. When I started, it was really like, oh, I'm going to add 3D on, on people's faces and it's fun. End of the story. <laughs> and then with time, when I started to get some interviews, I was like, oh, I need to have like something to say, something more than it's just fun. Because um, when when you do art, you want to say something to the world. And uh, I mean, the, the, the main, uh, the main, um, uh, my main purpose is to have fun with makeup and beauty. But when you go deeper in that thought, it means a lot of thing um, in, in, the, in, the, in, in the beauty industry. When you think about it, and I've started uh, um, reading a lot of books about beauty, about the, 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 the beauty industry, the, the, the beauty of the women, which is really different than the men, and the, the story of that. And, and I was like, ah, I, need, I also need to, why, why am I doing so, uh, why am I doing that? Why am I doing um, a vision of the future of beauty? Why is it so weird? Because I want deep inside, and now it's outside. Uh, I, I want beauty to be more weird. I want people to be more tolerant. I want beauty and makeup to be for everyone, every culture. And I want like, yeah, a new kind of beauty where it's more um, mixed and, uh, and people can get crazy and, and where you don't need to doubt about yourself and you can be really confident uh, however you go out, out, out there. Beauty is not just about being beautiful, like ticking all the case of the case the boxes of uh, <laughs> what is beauty, uh, and it's also like being beautiful uh, for me is uh, have the confidence to do whatever you want with your body and your appearance. 
So if you want to be totally I mean, bare skin without any makeup and you think you're beautiful that way, I, I will think you're beautiful that way and you will be beautiful that way. If you want to wear a crazy veil in 3D that moves like an underwater creature, then that's fine to me too. I mean, my vision of, of beauty can be both extreme, like without anything or without a crazy uh, 3D mask. But I do 3D masks because I'm having fun with that and I want to... Uh, broaden the spectrum of the possibilities I want to give people more more tools and inspiration to play with their uh, their selves their, 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 their appearance forget all those rules that uh, we've been learning from the start especially for I mean for women or for everyone mm-hmm. like um we, we, we should be able to go to a job interview with crazy makeup on if, you, if we want to. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be scary or no, weird. We hit on an interesting idea here, that to be expressive, to wear loud clothes, for example, or colorful hair and makeup, doesn't necessarily mean an attention grab or a desire to shock or disturb. Can a person be expressive just for the sake of it? That's what I get a lot like from my even from some friends like oh uh, yeah you know you dress like that because you want because I'm always complaining "Ah, I got comments uh people are looking at me in the in the subway in on the streets I'm tired of that and some friends would say yeah but Ines I mean look at you you want to be seen and like no I'm not dressing like this because I want to be seen I'm dressing like this because Deeply inside, I'm super dark. So outside, I want to be colorful. <laughs> no, uh, I mean everyone has he uh, his own her own his own darkness. But uh, that's not that's just because I want to have fun with my appearance. Yeah. But that's not because I want to be seen. That's just my style, and I like to go outside and wear colors and my silver jacket just because I like it. Yeah. But actually, I don't want to be seen. Yeah. But I don't want to be dressed in camouflage colors. I would just say that you can't judge a book by its cover. (laughs) But when when you you have an opinion on someone before judging them, get to know them uh, deeper inside. But we're we're all wearing masks at some at some point anyway, because that's how society was made. Here, the internet comes in handy. Identities can be tried on and tested out at will and played with in a way that the physical world doesn't quite yield to, yet. Touted by the press as the leader of the 3D makeup revolution, Ines is one of, if not the first, to bring 3D makeup to social media. She heads a wave of artists and creatives interested in exploring the representation of the self through the medium of the face filter. I still, like, I don't know, it's, it, it's super weird to think that people can be inspired by what you do and that people, sometimes people come and tell me, oh, you were the first one to do that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really, am I, am I the first one to have done something? Is it still possible to do something for the first time in our era? You know, so it's like, I guess I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound um, um, pretentious. 
pretentious. Uh, and but yeah, I think I'm the first one to have made to have done makeup in 3D mm. and to have created digital makeup, which is super weird because I don't want to sound pretentious, but I think, you know, that um, imposter syndrome, very typical for girls. And I'm like definitely in, in that syndrome. Like now I can't have created nothing. It's impossible. I'm not because I'm a girl, but like, uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I've grew up in that yeah. um, world. world where I can't create nothing because I'm not capable of doing that. Yeah. But I, I have. So, yeah, that's crazy. But that's, that's really, really, there are a lot of creators that, are, that, that have um, very interesting visions of the, of the self. Um, so that's, that's really, really, really cool. I think exit stimulation, uh, he, he's really interesting. And Andy Peachy, um, uh, who is from Switzerland, um, it questioned uh, the perception of self, the selfie is, uh, a, a lot, and um, uh, the use of internet more globally. It's really interesting as well. Um, Joshka, who, who, of course, uh, who was the first to use that very simple function of the glossy skin, even though that exists from post-production from a long time, she was the first to democratize that effect. So I think it's cool. And then there are like, there's this guy called Always Coding Something and he makes crazy stuff with the R, but he, he doesn't only work with Spark AR. Mm -hmm. I think he does a lot of other things with coding. And every time I see his post, I'm like, oh, I'm such a stupid person. <laughs> uh, and then who else? Uh, there is a, a Russian guy, I think he, he's from Russia, called N. Replyansky, something like this. And he makes a crazy mask. Like oh, the, he has a really specific design. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like very post-apocalyptic, mm -hmm. futuristic mask. And I really like his uh, aesthetic. Yeah, so there are a lot of creators that I love. Okay, so if this is a revolution, then what is it that we're fighting for? I think we're fighting for um, a different vision of beauty, I think, and a different way of uh, expressing ourselves. Uh, for now, and it a way, a more accessible way to express ourselves, and also because people are uh, spending so much time online and expressing themselves so much on online, on videos, on photos, and stuff like this. Then, till now, the either you'd be like a, I mean, I, I was going to say normal person or an influencer. Like you, you do just picture of you and it's you and you're beautiful or maybe you can retouch your photos but it's just you or you're like an artist or creative person and you do like crazy looks and makeup and that's how you express yourself but now you have all those digital makeup available for everyone so instantly you can transform yourself in something else mm -hmm. which people were not capable of before. Mm -hmm. So in a second, you can be, um, you have, you can have a strange face, or you can be an elf, or I don't know what kind of characters from another planet, depending on the the, the kind of filters you like. So I think that um, changes a lot the perception of who we are, and how we perceive ourselves, and how we want to show ourselves to the world. 
I completely understand that people want to play different roles and different characters online because you can be whoever you want to be online and people won't be judging you as much in the streets. Mm -hmm. Or different because people online are people, I mean, on Instagram, at least it's people that are interested in you. So if they follow you, they want to see you as who you are. So they shouldn't be judging or even though... Mm -hmm. Some followers are haters as well. At the same time, they love you and hate you at the same time. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good thing, and it's a good um, experimentation as well. Like all the those new, uh, this new generation of filter creators, they really ask question about the the appearance, and um, because filters are not just about wearing a beautiful flower crown and fake eyelashes, which I hate. Because I, I truly think every time I try those filters on, I'm like, why am I ugly? Those filters are supposed to make you more beautiful and more like in the beauty standards. Interestingly, while Ines's work challenges traditional beauty standards, it has also attracted the attention of some of the beauty and fashion brands that normally cater to those standards. Ines welcomes these collaborations as an opportunity to nudge things gently towards a more inclusive space. So Dior was really interesting because it's a very conservative beauty brand. Um, still, they were yeah, open to work with, um, with an artist like me uh, who makes weird beauty. So even though they... I had to, it's a collaboration, so I had to make my work fit with your aesthetic and, and brand. So I couldn't be so weird. Still, for Dior, what I did is very weird. So in a way, even though it's um, still a um, very beautiful standard model that is in the video I mean standard in the way of uh, beauty standards nowadays you have to the more the, the whiter you are the more beautiful you are uh, the more skinny you are the more beautiful you are so she she's and she, this model is a little bit weird because she, her eyes are a little bit like um, widespread okay. a little she has a little alien face so for our um, uh, era she, she's kind of a weird model. Still, she's very white and Irish and standard. But yeah, so that's a step in, <laughs> in beauty. Then adding that a layer of weirdness with 3D is another step. So still, it's very beautiful and it's glittery and it's luxury and it's very Dior. But it's a step towards making the beauty a little bit weirder. So if I can do that, at least uh, it, it's cool. I, I've done. I think I've done my job doing that. I, I think there are still a lot of thing to do with three D makeup, so I'm still super excited. And even if it's just working on the face, maybe soon, sooner or later, we'll have the possibility to to add that to the body, which would be super exciting. And um, like for instance, what we're doing together you, uh, Marpy, and myself, it's, um, it's a step further in what I'm doing. And it's, it's been, from the start, my, um, my goal was to one day uh, be able to apply 3D makeup like you can, like you can apply eyeliner, so we, with your own tools and with your own finger. And what we're doing together with, uh, with Unity, even though I still 
don't know how to use it. So hopefully you're, you're, I'm working with, with you guys to, to achieve that. Um, it's, um, so that's something I would never been able to do that before. And now that I can collaborate with people like you, it's like a dream come true to be able to do that. And in some months or years, maybe there will be a, a function in Spark AR or whatever that will be automatic where you can draw on your face. But for now, we have to develop it ourselves. And it's for, for me, it's, it's, it's big, it's huge. And I, I think it will, like we, we're working on a tactile screen, but maybe for the next exhibition, we will work on a holographic, screen or maybe with um, uh, ma magic the mm -hmm. magic leap so that would be amazing next step but our project for the for the Koenig gallery uh, that is really exciting the, the, the tactile 3d makeup I think I'm really can't wait to put that in the in the meeting it's gonna be it's gonna be super cool and the last test you, you made with the crystals I need like that I'm excited to show uh, Yeah, I can't wait to see that. And, um, and I have two co other collaboration with, with brands. And um, I think I will... I'll see what comes up in the future. But I think I need more personal time to to rethink a little bit 3D makeup. Yeah. And to... Because for now, I'm like doing what I know, how what, what I've been building for two years. Ines is talking about a project that she and I are working on with another artist, Marpy. It's been a really fun challenge mashing together our different styles and aesthetics, and I'm really excited for people to see it. Okay, so to round off our conversation, I asked Ines for a few final thoughts on self-expression, confidence, and creative work, which had us circle back to imposter syndrome. Now, sometimes like, I think you can relate... For, for a lot of people, you can relate more in you wearing a filter or you doing plastic surgery or makeup or, I don't know, changing gender. Like, um, sometimes you feel more comfortable with yourself and you feel more yourself when you are transformed. Yeah. With the, either it be a filter or, or whatever. Even though I'm really into, like, uh, be yourself, embrace your flaws, and show yourself to the world how you are naturally. But at the same time, it's difficult sometimes to show yourself how you are very naturally. Like, I'm the first person to look at the camera, selfie mode, and I'm like, ugh, this angle is, like, so ugly. I need the proper light. And then, ugh, I don't want to show my real face today, so I'm going to wear a filter because it's more funny yeah. or just because it's different. And I don't want to show my face to the world. It's like, ugh, that's too much of a face. Without the filters, I, I think I wouldn't show myself that much. Mm. But I can say it's not because... I show myself a lot. It's not because I wear a lot of colors that I'm like super confident. Mm. And um, I think it's good to show people because sometimes you're like, when, when I was younger and I'm still not confident and when I was younger, I was uh, less confident than, than now. And I didn't have any, I mean, my, my only models, role models were maybe my parents and when you see artists you like, you're just like, oh, the artists, mm -hmm. they're like so strong and they are like so confident, confident and I'm, I'm not on their level. I will never be able to be those people. 
But when you talk to those people in reality, you see that they have flaws and that they are not that confident. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's good to tell people. So, yeah. All right. So that wraps up our chat. Thank you so much, Ines. It somehow seems so fitting to end a conversation with someone who creates such otherworldly experiences on such a human note. Sometimes I sit down with friends who do fun, creative, digital things generally, and I record the interesting things they have to say. If you're into it, keep your eyes and ears peeled for more. Until then, thanks for listening.